Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Yarn Podcast. My name is Colby Sharp. I'm a fifth grade teacher in Michigan, and I do this show with my friend Travis Yonker, a school librarian who also lives in Michigan. Most of the time, we will interview a book creator at a conference or at our school or some, anywhere we see them, and we'll have like a 30 to 40 minute conversation with them. And then we'll take that tape and we'll edit it down and we'll cut ourselves out and we'll add some music and we'll leave you with a 10 to 12 minute clip. Today is a little different. Today is from the Ann Arbor Comics Art Festival way back in 2016. I had the opportunity to interview Kazuo Kibuishi, the author of Amulet, and we had a wonderful conversation, about 25 minutes, talking about the Amulet series. And with the new Amulet book coming out, I thought it would be a great time to share this interview with you. Now, we were talking in a very large room. There are people in the audience, so the sound isn't perfect. So bear with us, but I think that there are a lot of things in here for the amulet lovers out there. And if your students are anything like my students, they probably are giant fans of amulet. So hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to The Yarn, a narrative of adventures. I'm your host, Colby Sharp. Many of us can point to a series that played a significant role in our reading journey. If you grew up in the 80s or 90s, you may have fallen in love with Judy Bloom's Fudge or Beverly Cleary's Ramona. Readers in their 20s can probably remember anxiously waiting for the next Harry Potter book to be released. Today's readers are falling in love with series like Ivy and Bee, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Captain Underpants, and the series we'll be talking about today, Amulet. In our new series on the yarn, we'll explore some of Kidlit's greatest series. We'll look at where the series began, their effect on children's literatures, and the creator's process for making series that capture the hearts of readers. You ready? Oh yeah. That's so fun. All right. All right, sir. Can you tell me some of the series you enjoyed growing up? All right, uh, series that I enjoyed growing up. Um, Gosh, growing up, I I, didn't, I don't think I, I read too many uh, like fictional series. Uh, I I did read. I mean, I guess you could consider Garfield one of those things. <laughs> um, but when I was when I was I mean, I I came to the states when I was when I was three, and I had just learned Japanese, uh, and I was now learning a second language. So I always felt a step behind everybody else, and so I think I gravitated towards comics to help me understand a lot of things. So I was reading a lot of Mad Magazine. Uh, a lot of um, whatever I can get my hands on that I could understand, and most of it was comics. So I would get Garfield or Heathcliff or Family Circus or Marmaduke or whatever was available at the book fair. Um, but as far as uh, like a, a book series, series of stories, I, I mean, I was I, I do remember for a short time I was really into Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> so all the Arthur Conan Doyle books, I was I was reading those. Um, but um, but yeah, as a kid, oh, and I, I I really got into to Michael Crichton a lot. So so yeah, I don't know series. I didn't I didn't really read that much Beverly Cleary or um, I, I didn't I didn't read too much of the Hardy Boys. I, so I, I yeah, I don't have a clear answer for that. What do you think makes a great series? Now that you're writing one, uh, what makes a great series? I don't know. For for me, I, I don't know about what what makes a great series, but I I, I do hope that um, people don't feel lost, even if they were to get on board at a late stage. So I think that um, 
I think when the storytelling is a little more modular, where you can enter from any point and go wherever, I think that makes the series um, more perennial, you know, so that people aren't stuck with having to read all of them. Um, in the case of Amulet, I feel like that's the case up until maybe Amulet 7, because it, it really does connect to the other books in a way the other ones didn't. Um, I feel the last three in this series um, kind of require reading the first six. But I feel like at this point, if you haven't read them all, you're probably not reading the seventh one. You're, you know, you're probably not getting on board at that point. But, but even if you are, I don't think you'd be completely lost. So I guess going back to the first answer, a good series, I think, um, brings in readers at any point. Can you talk about when you got the first idea for this series? Like, where did this series start? It started on, like, a napkin in a restaurant, or were you just thinking about something? Where did it begin? Well, a lot of it's based on my experiences as a kid, like, really, when I was really young. I believe it, I mean, this series really started when I, I started sketching it in college. It, it was in college, uh, maybe in high school. I may have started drawing it in high school. I wanted to do one book that felt like a great 80s Steven Spielberg like <laughs> produced uh, fantasy adventure story for uh, a full, uh, for everybody in the family. I, that was that was what I intended to do. Um, I never thought it would be a big series. Um, but when I thought about the feelings that went into the book, it, it, it most of it's based on the things that my brother and I went through when we were when we were about five or six years old. And when we were probably about 10 to 12 years old, uh, around 10 or 12, we were really into video games and things like that. So we, we were often spending a lot of time together just hanging out and pretending to be on these fantasy journeys and things like that, playing Final Fantasy or whatever. Um, this is very nostalgic for me, so I, I do go back to that. But also, it was when I was about five, my mom was in a horrible car accident. And this is and she was a single mom at the time, so, so we were left for... A, Oh, a short while, maybe a couple of months, with no parents at all. Um, and ever since then, I just sort of had it in the back of my mind that I may not have, like my brother and I are pretty much on our own. <laughs> and that feeling has stuck with me for even till now because my brother and I also right out of college had to support our parents financially immediately out of school. And so um, I just thought, well, that's what's, that's what I've got emotionally. So how can I make that something that kids could have fun with? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that's just what I feel or think about. Um, and that's what Amulet is. It's, it was, and that's probably why the first book only sold 300 copies <laughs> when it came out. Cause I, I think it's, it, it seemed, I think dark for people cause it was me just being honest about who I was when I was five. And I just can't help but be that person. So I just put that in the book, and people are like, oh, it's cool that you did that. And I go, well, I couldn't help it. Yeah. <laughs> did you create a lot of like art or stories? Or what, what kind of things did you create when you were a kid? Uh, I drew a lot of cartoons. Um, I wanted to, to design theme parks when I was a kid. I wanted to be an Imagineer when I was really young, and I used to tr try to make my own log ride, like a flume ride, you know, with... Um, popsicle sticks and things like that um so you actually physically created i actually physically created a flume ride that didn't work very well it just got water everywhere i couldn't i couldn't keep, i was actually using scotch tape and paper uh to create the actual uh the the channels for for the water uh, but i couldn't figure out how to get the water up to the top <laughs> of my ride 
um, things like that. I, I wanted to design um, stuff like that. And uh, when I when I put together Amulet, actually, I I I, I channeled that. I really thought about um, how people are going to read my book so quickly. You know that, and I got to be okay with that. And how am I okay with that? I thought, well, you know, we wait two hours in line to ride magic, like uh, you know, Space Mountain, and uh, it's only like three minutes long or four minutes long. You know, maybe like seven minute experience in total. Um, and and I thought, well, then that's what I'm making. I'm making something that's like a memory marker, like those things. This I call them memory markers because you do it, you go through the experience of riding those rides to kind of create this new memory. Like, I like being here, and I want to remember this. You go on this thrill ride, and you remember it a little better, and then 10 years later, you do it again. And so I wrote my books, and I designed the books to feel like that. It's one of the reasons why I don't slow anybody down with more text. I want them to get through the book, and then I want them to want to read it again. Um, and so, yeah, I think I answered your question. Well, they do, <laughs> they do because I, I teach third graders, and they read them over and over and over and over again. So you said you do this long process to create a book and then the short amount of time to read it. Can you talk about the process from when you begin in Amulet and just take us through till the end? Yeah. Um, the, the whole first part of it is pretty, it's working in the abstract. It's trying to figure out um, what neat things do I want to show in the book? What what cool experience do I want to um, to create? So it's like kind of like building a ride. Uh, in fact, for example, Amulet 6 uh, was inspired by Pirates of the Caribbean. And so uh, there's actually a literal drop at the beginning. Like there's like 60-something, maybe 50 pages of story, and all of a sudden, like, Naven is dropped into, from from the sky and into an underground territory. And then the rest of it is all about the emotions of the story and not so much about the action. There's not that much action throughout. If It, it, it may seem like there is, but th there isn't. Um, and I built it off of that experience. So with this new one, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about how to build, wh what experience do I want to create? Um, and that, so once I have that, then I can start thinking about the things I want to talk about. And then I just start sketching out the scenes and, and I, I actually thumbnail the book probably about 10 times at least, uh, or draw it. I pretty much draw it about 10 times. Um, I, I tell people I don't know how to make a good book or like actually generate one. It just doesn't happen not for anybody. Um, I, but I know it when I see it, and I'm willing to do the work to get there. So I'll just do one book, two books, three books, four books, five books, six books, seven books, and eventually I find it. And I'm like, that I know someone's going to look at and go, that's good. So I've learned to draw really, really fast. <laughs> and not to make more books, but to make better books. Because I, I give myself a few more chances at doing it right. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I feel very confident with the books once they go out, because I had basically done my due diligence. And by the time it's out there, um, I'll know that uh, you know that's the best of eight times. <laughs> and that's going to be good. I think people are going to look at it and go, that's beyond what I think I can like, if they're fellow creators enough and they'll look at it and go, wow, I can't even think about how, how that happens. Well, a lot of that happened accidentally. I just went fishing for it. <laughs> and so, yeah, my process is uh, a little bit abstract. And then when it comes time to actually make the book, uh, it, it actually happens in about a span of about five or six months. And I, and I, I draw, I just draw the sequences. I hand them off to my assistant, Jason. He, um, there, there's a group of flatters who, who set the pages up for colors. 
and then Jason will color most of it. Uh, and what he can't get to, I, I often color. Yeah. So. How different is the first attempt and the tenth? Like, what what were the oh, biggest differences? It's drastic, completely different book. That's why it's so hard to do the first versions of the book, because I know I'm going to throw it away. It's the hardest part of the process. I'm I'm just past that now. It's so nice. I'm enjoying the process again. But when I start, it's the worst because I know I'm doing the bad book. <laughs> because I know technically it is impossible for me to make the right book. It's just not happening. So I'm just drawing a book and sending it in to my publishers, and I hear get notes where they're like, eh, I don't know. You know, I go, of course, because it's not the book. <laughs> I'm just doing the, the trash version, the trashed version of this thing. So The more you do it, so now yeah. we're... And by is the time, getting, is it getting faster? Is it less attempts, or is it still seven, eight, nine, ten attempts? No, because I'm getting faster. I give myself the ability to do more attempts. I take more attempts at it to just even if I think it's good, I'll try it again to see if I can make it better. Um, and then, and so then I just look at the clock. I, I think about the time that I need to get the book done. And once I, I even have an equation set up on a on a spreadsheet where I'm logging the things that I do. Per, per page, and, and I know how many actions I have to take, whether it's penciling, inking, thumbnailing, coloring, whatever it is, there's a little number that tells me you have to do 3.4 parts per day or something like that, you know? Like, and then if I don't do that many that day, the next day it's like 3.5, you know, like 3.42 yeah. today, you know? <laughs> and I'm watching that little number go up and down, um, and I'm just, so that's my gauge. And then once I feel like that number is way too high, <laughs> then I start pumping out pages. Um, and I can draw up to 20 pages in a day. Yeah. But only if I have it in my mind to do. Yeah, it has. it's all congealed. Uh, the production's not that hard. Um, well, it's hard, but it's, um, and that's just a matter of work. Work is, works, works not easy, but it's easy to understand. <laughs> but the art of it, the actual designing and the, the writing part of it is like going fishing. You don't know if the fish is going to be there. So that's the difficult part. And did you know, because you have it planned out, but I assume it was planned out. A little bit, yeah. Little bit. yeah. How much was planned when you started? Um, I guess not when you started, but when you like, after the first book was written, did you know how many books it was going to be? Oh, no, no. The length of it, I didn't have any idea. Okay. I mean, I was just working off of what I could do because I, I didn't know I could. If some, if I pitched this as a nine book series, I don't, I don't think Scholastic yeah. would have been okay with that. <laughs> I, I really don't. It's too much of a commitment. And now they're like, yes, please, yes. you know. But it, it, but before it wasn't, it wasn't like that. So, in fact, it was really them like saying, "Could you do more?" After I did the first two, because I thought that was the end. Um, and I was like, well, when I was finishing the second book, I thought, gosh, there's really a lot of story to tell here. I, I have all these new characters and stuff. There's some, it's not really resolved. Um, and so I said, okay. So I expanded it to five, and then we moved to seven. And then I just said, you know what? I'm just going to put a cap at nine. <laughs> I'm going to match bone so that it sits on the shelf, like just like Jeff's book work does. And, you know, it's like the brother or sister book. Yeah. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to work on the next series. Can you talk about what it's been like to write these books for graphics? Yeah, they're the best. <laughs> you know, they're wonderful. Um, I'm just so, so fortunate to have met David Saylor. I mean, he's the real visionary here. Uh, graphics, I mean, besides Jeff, I mean, there's there's Jeff and, and David. If without those two, we wouldn't. I wouldn't be here. I'd probably still be 
uh, a director in animation, um, which uh, which would have been fine. But you know, we would have been at a different conference <laughs> talking about something else. Something and, else. Uh, but uh, I'm so happy that you know that there, that door opened and that these two individuals really made that happen in a big way. So working with Scholastic has been great. Um, my editor Cassandra Pelham um, and our designer uh, Phil Falco. They're 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 actually both I think younger than I am, uh, and so it's been great because I know that we'll be working together for a long time. Cool. Yeah, we had an episode last year with David and oh, yeah. Phil, and they are just brilliant. They are, brilliant yeah. People to sit down and talk with. Oh, and calm. Yeah, and Phil's like the calmest person I've ever met. <laughs> and and that's that's saying something because you were talking with David, who's probably the second calmest person yeah. you've ever met. <laughs> uh, so you have a team. Can you tell me a little bit more about the team that you have? Yeah, it's just Jason. <laughs> it's it's me and Jason now. It, we would uh, not anymore. No, because he's got. A, I I basically let him have paternity leave because he just had a baby in the fall. Uh, so I've actually adjusted my um, my production so that I'm 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 holding work back a little bit from him right now so he can just focus on the baby. Um, but um, but yeah, he's the only full time employee I have. Um, it's just me and me and him. And then we have uh, people who come in and help flat the pages, which is exactly. flatting is uh, preparing the pages. It looks like a coloring book. Okay. Um, like somebody would come in and just uh, put the base colors for a character, and uh, just make sure that the that there's like a, a base color for um, the uh, the backgrounds and any objects that I had drawn. Um, so when a painter goes in, they can just click on. Um, this thing called preserve transparency in Photoshop, which allows you to paint only on the the information that's sitting on that layer. So if it's the background, you only paint on the background. If you paint on the, on the character, you're only painting the character. So in a lot of cases, where we only have to really paint the background and just add lighting to the character, and it just saves us a lot of time. And that's really the only help we get is on the flatting. Um, sometimes we hire people to come in to do a lot of the some of the coloring. Um, but in the end, Jason and I end up doing all of it. So you have three left, two left. Um, You're working on. I'm working on number eight, eight. and number nine was the last one. How do you feel about that? I mean, this has been such a big part of your life. Oh, I'm I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not to get to be done with it, but um, I mean, people are still reading the first amulet, yeah. which was something that I did. I created in high school, and I was I was finally working on when I was in my mid-twenties. And it still feels like that. When I look at that book, I think I didn't know so many of the things I know right now as a, as now as a, a father of two, as a, basically as a, as a, an educator, knowing educators, knowing what librarians and booksellers and every, my readers are looking for. And, and I've never done a school talk before I did that first book. I didn't realize that was part of my job too. Now that I know all those things, I want to do a book series that incorporates all of that and, and, and is like the perfect framework for my job, which I didn't know. I, I, I lucked into in, a, so in some sense. I'm just glad that I was mature enough as a young man <laughs> to write a book that I would be proud of a decade later. That was the hardest thing about Amiel One. It's still the hardest book I've ever done, the first one, because I, I, I knew that I would probably be talking about it. If things went well, I'd be talking about it 10 years later. Um, so now I get to do a book, like a number one book after this, that reflects me as I am now. And I, I'm so excited about that opportunity. 
have you had lots of ideas come into your head? Oh, no, I, I, I know. Wait ex- until I, I have like six more years of Amulet left. Yeah, no, I, I, I had, well, there's just this one story that I've been sort of kind of practicing in a lot of different ways. I, I have so much material for it. Um, the only thing I've ever felt like I've been putting off is the last two books in the Daisy Cutter series. <laughs> Daisy Cutter is my first graphic novel, and it was a trilogy, and it still is. Uh, and it's I know exactly what happens in books two and three. So I keep pushing that aside because there's no real reason to do it except for fan excitement. <laughs> like there's there's a group of people who yeah. love that series but or that that book, but I um, I need to focus on on doing these all ages comics. Um, but this other one, I um, I don't know, I'm trying to keep the, the this vehicle pretty open ended so that I um, I could just kind of go on this adventure like with Tintin or One Piece. You know, I think of those things and I think, well, that's a really good vehicle for an adventure. Um, it could go wherever. You basically get on a vessel and just go on this crazy, cool thing. And, and I love that feeling of it, that, the, the feeling that, of adventure, of of, high, of the high seas adventure and stuff. And I wanted to um, to do something that reflected that more than uh, Amulet, which was built on a tragedy. You know, so it's it's a drama. It's like it's like Breaking Bad. Like you wouldn't want to see Breaking Bad go on for as long as Seinfeld. You know, and they're both brilliant in their own ways. But if Breaking Bad was <laughs> to go on for like another. 10 years, I, I don't think people would be okay with that. <laughs> it just wouldn't be the right thing for that. And I feel like Amulet is more Breaking Bad than it is Seinfeld, you know? Um, and so I have to end it. It always is supposed to have an ending. I have the ending in mind, so i got to finish it. But the next one is going to be open-ended. Yeah, it could go on for the rest of my life. So another series, then? It is another series, yeah. Yeah, you like yeah. the series? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I do. I like the... Um, I, I actually like the freedom that it gives me. It's funny because like people think, oh, don't you don't you feel trapped? I go, no, you can do all sorts of things in your series. You can just do all the new ideas you you want to do with the characters you've got. Um, they're just your cast. They're they're your buddies. That's the group that you're gonna go with. Um, it's fine. You can do whatever. Um, and I want to. I just want. I just want a lighter vehicle. That's all. Something that I don't have to keep dredging up. You know, my mom's car accident <laughs> uh, to do it. So yeah. Well, thank you for creating these books. They are amazingly popular, and my kids love them. Oh so, well, thanks for. But for we have to keep doing buying you them. Do. <laughs> Graphics needs to make a like unbreakable book. That needs to be like the next thing because I mean, I guess it's good for you that we just keep buying your books. Oh, yeah. like <laughs> three hundred like copies. It feels like I've bought three hundred copies of Amulet. <laughs> so, anyways, all right, give me guys a big hand. Thank you. All right, sir. well, thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks for sticking, sticking around. Out. Sticking out, yeah.